and welcome, welcome, one and all, to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM. We are online at KCOU.FM. My name is Kyle Jones. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Cole Tucson. Cole, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing good right now, and honestly, this is probably one of my, you know, most important and, you know, probably favorite shows um, ever on KNC Sports because what we had to talk about, obviously, we were talking about you know, Mizzou basketball, and I know you are broadcasting the South Carolina game, which is coming up, is it this Saturday? The South Carolina game is this Saturday, Cole. I will be on the call for that with Garrett Jones, so uh, definitely something to uh, pay attention to. And, you know, in you know, two, three weeks' time, I'll also be broadcasting Mizzou basketball at that time, senior night versus Ole Miss. So, you know, Mizzou basketball, there's a lot to talk about, so let's get right into it. Definitely, yeah. Let's let's just start right off. So, um, we have a, we have a couple of uh, different things to talk about today. We've got, of course, Mizzou basketball. There's also professional basketball that we'll be talking about. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers, to be specific, the Lakers uh, in a pretty bad predicament, and LeBron is uh, not, you know, really helping in terms of, you know. You know, you see, he talks. He always talks about playoff LeBron, but they are still definitely very far from uh, from playoff contention. Um, and then, uh, other than that, there's a few other things we can talk about, but uh, we're gonna do that right after the break. So stay tuned. The 2018 NFL Draft is now officially open. Tune into Undrafted for the best sports talk of the week. Catch Parker Reed. I'm an above-average Packers fan. But the Bills are a very bad team. I, they are utter trash. And Turner Klingenmeyer. Definitely draft stuck up. I'm going with coffee tables. But that Bears defense. Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Only on KCOU 88.1 FM. When you're weary, feeling small. When tears are in your eyes, I'll dry them all. Last year, four million people graduated from Red Cross classes. One of them could save your life. Join them. Stay up late with True False. New for 2019, the Stay Up Late wristband is perfect for music lovers who also want a taste of True False films and parties. You'll get access to all music concerts and showcases, free queuing for films starting 9 p.m. or later, and admission to the infamous Reaction Dance Party. For prices and for more information, please visit truefalse.org. And welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Cole, we will start with Mizzou basketball, but... We will also start with a little bit of news before we get going. I saw this come over the wire today. I know you are not that big of a a soccer fan, but apparently, apparently Celtic manager Brendan Rodgers, who used to coach Liverpool uh, a couple years back, is coming back to the Premier League. He's going to take over the vacant coaching job at Leicester City. Uh, Leicester City, of course, not living up to... uh, the, the sort of stash they had under Claudio Ranieri when they went on that crazy run back in uh, back in 2016 and, of course, won the Premier League in shocking fashion. fashion. 
Another piece of news before we get started. Um, so, uh, you know Roman Reigns, right, Cole? Uh, yeah, I'm familiar with Roman Reigns. So, so you know, back in October, Roman Reigns had to step away from the WWE uh, because of a battle with leukemia. Well, he came back last night on Raw uh, and announced to the whole world that his leukemia is in remission and he is officially uh, going to resume competition. So he has a uh, he has beaten cancer for the second time in his life. It uh, it, it the, the leukemia that re it was a re reemerging cancer that had actually appeared when he was in his twenties. So he has he has beaten cancer once again. Very interesting. So. Yes, I am, you know, not the soccer fan, but I do remember seeing, you know, you're obviously more of a soccer fan than me, but if I saw correctly, Chelsea has issues with transfer rules or... Uh, yeah, so Ch Chelsea got in trouble with uh, with uh, signing minors, um, which is a problem. That, that it's, it's a problem that they've had to deal with before. They've technically gotten a, a transfer ban for, for two transfer windows, which is essentially a year. Um, of course they can appeal it and they will appeal it and they'll probably win because UEFA, which is, you know, you know, UEFA is the governing body that hands down these penalties. They, they cave pretty hard to teams with money and Chelsea has quite a bit of money. But the bigger story surrounding Chelsea is that on Sunday in the League Cup final, Chelsea was playing Manchester City, and their goalkeeper, Kepler Balaga refused to be substituted despite his manager wanting to substitute him. Uh, held an on-field coup against uh, Mauricio Sarri. And, uh, well, he got fined a week's wages for that. But we can talk about that at a different time. For now, we need to talk about the uh, the issue at hand. It is an issue. It's a big issue because the Missouri Tigers... It's a prevalent issue that cannot be ignored. Because aside from, you know, the one or two off, you know, off games where something weird happens, the Missouri Tigers do not know how to win at basketball. That's a fair statement. And, you know, we saw that, you know, when Mizzou, you know, on Saturday, went into Gainesville and had the lead in the first half, but they, they didn't could, just have the they didn't just have the lead. They were playing incredibly well, but then things just fell apart. Which I remember, I correctly predicted on Twitter. I was like, like it was like 15 minutes to go in the second half. I said, "This is the moment where Mizzou is gonna blow the lead," and sure enough. It's exactly what happened. The Tigers... It's, they're so predictable. The Tigers, at, at the end of the first half, were leading 33-24. to 24. At one point, they were up, like, 42-24. to 24. Um, And then 40 second-half points from the Florida Gators uh, will, uh, will change things. And it did change things, and the Tigers lost 60-64. to 64. Um, Conzo Martin picked up a technical foul for yelling at the ref, which, like, had the Tigers lost by two, I would have been mad about. But in hindsight, I'm incredibly happy about because it, it shows that he's passionate about this team. He's not just rolling over and dying, you know? Uh, but the, the big question is, what in the world do the Tigers need to do to, like, you know, win? Well, this, is, this issue has been... 
you know, a common talk, especially, you know, going off of what happened last year with a 21 season, being in Kentucky, going to March Madness, none of that is going to happen this year. I mean, I remember I saw during the four-game, I'm not sure if you watched the game, but they were talking about the only way for Mizzou to go to March Madness is, is for them to, win the, to win the SEC, which is a stretch. Far from happening. I think you have to stretch realms of reality for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, Kentucky's, it's either going to be Kentucky or Tennessee. I think it's going to be Kentucky. I think it'll be Kentucky as well. Tennessee, the, the, the wheels are falling off of that bus incredibly quickly. Um, but Mizzou is nowhere near yeah, contended for the SEC, and, how, no matter how you cut it. I mean, yeah, Missouri played well against Kentucky, but they still lost. You know, they never led. And then you go down to Gainesville a couple days later, and you you completely blow it, you know? And I imagine that a very similar thing will happen against Mississippi State tonight, where they are going to blow it, you know? Like, that, that to me, doesn't seem too far-fetched. You know, we, the Tigers have four games left in this season. They are two games below 500. They're 12 and 14. So, if they split these, if they go, you know, loss, win, loss, win, they will finish under 500, which, like, Konza Martin, as a coach in his career, has only finished below 500 once, and that was the first year that he ever coached down at, uh, I, I believe, Missouri State. Um, and he only missed 500 by, like, one game, I think it was. Or no, it was two. I think he was like... I, I forget what his final record was, but he, he only missed 500 by like one or two one or two games, you know? So here's the question here. So Mizzou is going down to Mississippi State tonight. They have two road games for the rest of the season. They have two home games. At Mississippi State versus South Carolina Center, which you're broadcasting, at Georgia, and then back home at Ole for Ole Miss, which is the game I'm broadcasting. So, two home games and two road games. Realistically... I think they get one win. Maybe two. I'm they, thinking they don't win any of these. They might beat Georgia. Georgia is not that good. Like, you, we, you think we're bad. Georgia is categorically worse. They're 10-17. and 17. They're 1-3 in, in conference. You know? But here's the reason why I don't think Mizzou is even going to beat Georgia. Because... When you look at Mizzou playing teams of like the statistically lower tier of the SEC, for example, you know, Tetsay M, you know, at the time when Mizzou played them at Mizzou Arena, AM was the worst field goal shooting team in the SEC. Yeah. Mizzou still lost. And they lost they lost pretty heavy handedly, sixty eight to fifty nine. I mean, that's a that's a nine point loss, you know, that's not just one or two baskets. So Especially with, you know, games like Vanderbilt, Arkansas game. Arkansas, Arkansas, this team they does were, not instill any confidence. Arkansas, so the they were, Arkansas, they were lucky to get out with a win. Vanderbilt, they won by 10. So that's, you know, that's a, that's a good win. But also you're supposed to beat Vanderbilt. I mean, Vanderbilt's trash, you know, <laughs> Vanderbilt's nine and 18. They have not won a single conference game. You, you, I'm I'm not confident at all that the Tigers will beat South Carolina on Saturday. In fact, I think they'll lose, um, which is unfortunate. I've called 
one Tiger loss in any sport in my entire broadcasting Which was career. Which uh, Well, actually, no. I, I correct myself. Two Tiger losses. I, I called a, a an 0-2 loss to uh, the University of Southern California uh, back in uh, back last year. It was the first game that I ever called. And then I called an, a one nothing overtime loss to uh, Northwestern in in soccer this, uh, last semester. Interesting. But of of the of the Mizzou games that I have called, those I believe in like when I when I look back, those are the only ones where they've lost. I've only called one game where Mizzou lost. It was. This past semester, when women's basketball played Green Bay. Oh, and that was that was unfortunate. But every other game, Mizzou has won when I called. So. Well, there you go. But so I, I just, so they're gonna lose. They're they're gonna they're gonna miss the. They're NIT. gonna lose the majority of the games. They're they're gonna miss the NIT. It's gonna be regarded as a failed season. What do the Tigers do? To you know, going into next year, or you know, just to end this year strong, you know, because right now this is a team that when I look to next year, I'm not even confident about that, you know. Well, there's a few questions you got to think about. So, for instance, you think of the players that Mizzou is, you know, losing this season. You're losing Perrier, you're losing Jordan Geist, you're losing Colin Van Leer and Adam Wolf. Two of those guys played a lot of minutes this season and have contributed a lot through their Mizzou careers, Jordan Geis and Cameron Perrier. Obviously, you know, the question about looming over whether Jonte Porter is going to come back for another season, which if he said a few months ago, I would think he would come back considering when he went to the draft combine, he did have some weaknesses and issues that he wanted to work out this season, but, of course, injury, yeah. I don't know. And, and so let's let's now look at, you know, who the Tigers have coming in. We've got Mario McKinney, who is a, a three-star recruit, um, 6'10", 180 pounds. Um, Trey Jackson, I believe, has committed. He's a four-star recruit. Um, Keon Brooks, who's a five-star, is reportedly interested in Missouri. And then Harlan Beverly, who is a four-star, is also reportedly interested. But that is by no means a confirmation. There's also Isaiah Mosley, who uh, goes to Rockbridge, who's a three-star. And you have to... You have to think that Conzo can at least get the guys at home, you know? Like he can at least get the guys who are living in Columbia. But I'm not even entirely sure that he'll get the he'll get hip, you know? Like that's kind of what scares me slightly is that there's a very good chance that like a guy from Rockbridge who literally lives here, won't come to Missouri because this team is just not like, it doesn't instill confidence. There's not a want of being here if you're a basketball player. That's true. And, you know, once again, whether Jonte Porter 
decides to come back next season or not. He it won't. makes me he won't reminds me of the Miami Heat a few years back when that big three with LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosch, when Chris Bosch had to retire due to medical issues. Dwayne Wade went on to the Chicago Bulls for a year. LeBron went back to the Cavs. You don't think about the Heat team as a contender anymore. Yeah, no, they're done. I like I look at the Heat and I'm like, oh, cool. A team in Miami. You know? If 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 a kid was to be born and start being raised in today's basketball culture, they would never expect that only a few years ago, the Heat was the best team in basketball, bar none. You know? There's not a winning culture there anymore. They don't have talent. You know? Why would you go to Miami? There's nothing there for you. They don't have a good coach. They don't, they have, they don't really have anything. You know? Missouri, you know, props to Conzo because he is a very good recruiter. All right? Because if I'm an athlete and I see a team that can't keep a lead, that, you know, a, a school with terrible weather, you know, half of the other sports teams have a postseason ban, so there's nothing besides my team to truly get excited about. And even if baseball and softball didn't have a postseason ban, they're not going to the postseason anyway because they're not good, you know? <laughs> like, we're playing in a conference where inevitably you'll just lose in the championship to Kentucky, you know? Like, you're not expecting, you know, any conference championships. You know, this isn't a team that's primed to go deep in the tournaments. So you're not expecting any national championships or even Sweet 16s. Like... Why would you come here? What's the selling point? So props to Conzo for somehow finding a selling point for this basketball program because I sure as heck can't. So obviously there are a lot of Mizzou, you know, issues with not being able to break a press, can't hold on to a lead, being a very one-dimensional offense, can't defend the interior. What do you think is the... Number one, obviously this season's done, but what do you think is the number one immediate concern? The immediate concern is that this team cannot win basketball games despite leading them. They blow leads like 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 you're like you're blowing bubbles, you know? It's it's easy. They they they, they, they it comes almost naturally to them, which is a bad thing. You know? Like that's the one thing that you that you actively need to strive to avoid, and they're not because they're like just I don't know I don't know how you fix that either. Like is that you know is that like a complacency issue? Is that just you know an endurance issue? Occasionally, I think it might be an endurance issue. Is that a you know guys getting into foul trouble issue? I think it is, but there's so many elements that go into this whole idea of just hold the lead. It's your lead. You don't have to give it to anybody else. Just hold the darn lead. You know? Win the basketball game. Finish, for the love of God. What confuses me the most about this team the whole season is, even if you look, you know, before conference play even started, look at the teams that Mizzou competed against and won against. They beat Xavier. Yeah, and Xavier's... They beat Illinois. They beat Oregon State. They went... And compete against Kansas State in the championship in Paradise Jam. Yeah, and got smacked, but they still did it. They uh, they they barely lost to Temple. 
They got they beat UCF 64-62. Um I got the chance to call the UT Arlington the, the UT Arlington game which I'll be at UT Arlington's a terrible basketball team, but but uh, the Tigers did what they were supposed to and won 65-45, to 45, a 20-point win against a terrible basketball team. What a concept. You could actually win a game by 20 points against the team you're supposed to beat. I've never heard of that before. You know? Like, then you look later in the season, and, and you know, Arkansas, a team that you probably should beat at home by about five and you let them crawl back, and they nearly beat you because you don't know how to finish a game. You know, Florida, a team who maybe you shouldn't be beating on the road, but you were beating on the road. You let them come back, and you lose, right? You got Ole Miss, a team who, frankly, has actually been pretty good this season, so we can't really fault them for losing to Ole Miss in Oxford. I mean, that was actually a pretty decent game. But Texas A&M, a team who you absolutely destroyed in Reed Arena only a few, like only a, like a week, bef- you know, maybe two, three weeks beforehand, you know? And then you let them come into your house and beat the bejesus out of you. This team is so inconsistent and doesn't know how to hold on to leads when they get them. It's a serious problem, and frankly, that's a coaching issue. See, here's my... Obviously, you know, there's a lot of issues, but after the Florida game when Conzo went on record and went in the postgame and talked about, you know, scholarships and, you know, how much do you want to play for, and and if you're here, you have to be here. When I hear words like that, that spark some immediate concern. Yeah, when you're when you're losing the dressing room, like that's a problem. That's what that's what gets Premier League managers fired. That's why Claudio Ranieri, the year after winning the Premier League with Leicester City, was fired because he lost the dressing room. They were losing the they were losing matches. He couldn't control the players. They went on record saying they didn't like him, so Leicester fired him. He's probably one of the greatest managers of all time. Renieri, simply because of what he did for the you know 2015-2016 season with Leicester. And he got fired the year after he won the Premier League. You know? Like it's unheard of. And then you look at the you look you look at the women's team, and the women's team is in just as big a crisis, right? This this women's team who we you know we we, we thought of as, you know, being this, you know, shining suit of armor for for the school who, you know, maybe they couldn't do no wrong, but they definitely, you know, instilled a whole lot of confidence in, you know, in, in, in themselves and, you know, in the program and whatnot. And, you know, granted they're they're nine they're nineteen and nine, they're fifth in the SEC. They're having a solid season, especially when you look at, you know, who they're placed behind. But this team has taken a nosedive in the past two weeks. They uh they lost to Tennessee at home. They rarely lose at home, so that was big. They I believe they, they even blew a lead in that game. And then they blew a lead away at Auburn and you know, beyond that, a huge, huge loss. Akira Levy goes down and from from the looks of it, it she might be out for the darn season. You know, 
like this 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 school is built over an ancient Indian burial ground. I'm I'm sure of it, just because of the way that things happen to these teams. I swear they're cursed, you know. Obviously, they cure Levy injury, and it is a right knee injury, and there is no timetable yet of how long she's going to be out. But if she is out for the season, that definitely is going to be a major blow. But unlike the men's side, this woman's basketball team is well-coached and has a locker room morale that they stick together. This is true. They've got two games left in the season. They're away at Arkansas on Thursday. And then they're at home against Alabama on Sunday. And frankly, despite everything that's happened with Akira Levy and, you know, two losses in a row, which they very rarely lose two in a row, um, I I still am fully confident that this team probably wins these last two games and makes a statement in the SEC tournament. And the only reason I'm confident about that is because of what you talked about there, Cole. Great coaching. Robin Pinchton is a phenomenal coach. And that locker room at that locker room environment and the environment that you get from this team is so good. They love each other. They love playing. They hype each other up. You see it every game when they're on the benches. You know, you don't get the same thing from the guys. We've talked about this before. The guys don't seem to truly care. Like at least as much as the as much as the women do, um, and it's disheartening. You know, I don't see a single player on the Missouri men's basketball team who gets the uh, the same sort of r- rise out of the crowd that Sophie Cunningham or even Akira Levy gets out of the Missouri crowd. And yes, I mean Sophie Cunningham is probably one of the best women's basketball players to come through this school, but even if she sucked. Even if she sucked, she has the attitude and she has this, you know, this, you know, atmosphere around her that she would still get that same rise out of the crowd. I'm almost sure of it, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you bring up Akira Levy, how, you know, we talked about this on the, I believe, the show last week, how, you know, Akira Levy, like, you know, she's hopping around, I think, being very charismatic. She's like, Always the one hopping around the bench and everything. Always hyping up, you know, the bench and the crowd and everything. Like, she's the one there. And keep in mind, this is her freshman year, so she has a lot of potential there's of where th- things can go. There's three more years for Akira Levy to, uh, to you know, truly be the, the heir to Sophie Cunningham's throne. You know, I... I always I have always referred to uh, to Sophie Cunningham as the Queen of Columbia because it really feels like that. You know, it feels like she rules over this town. Um, just you know, I think everyone can agree with you on that statement. And, and I feel that with the way she acts, Akira Levy is the heir to the throne. Not Elijah Backwell. I haven't seen her yet. She could be, but I'm just saying in 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 the way that she captures the hearts of the fans and really inspires the crowd to get up and get loud. Akira Levy is the heir to Sophie Cunningham's throne. Speaking of Sophie Cunningham's throne and all the hearts in the crowd. On Sunday is the senior game. Yep. Which means a it's lot her final of final one. I I think, you know, you you would I would not be surprised if Missouri if 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 Mizzou Arena like legitimately sells out for that game. 
you know it will. I, I, I hope it will. I hope that I hope that, that 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 entire arena is full. I hope that that her senior night gets the same reception as when, you know, when Kentucky came to town last year. Because it's what she deserves. So if this is her final game, Lauren Aldridge is her final game. Yeah, Sierra Porter, who we 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 thought last year was her final game, and then she comes back out of medical retirement. Like that's huge. These those three seniors, because Lauren Aldridge hit the hit the thousand point mark against Auburn on Sunday, and also hit how many curses? Something something big. Um, but you know they they definitely deserve a, a very good send off. We're gonna take a short break when we come back. Professional basketball, so stay tuned. Make sure to start your week off right by listening to General Emission on KCOU eighty eight point one FM from eight a.m. to nine a.m. every Monday morning. I think he's wrong though. You're, it's a you're heartless agreeing move. and There's, disagreeing on the same topic. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing that it wasn't a smart move. I'm just not disagreeing with Anthony Davis's dad either. Once again, that's General Admission from 8 to 9 a.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM for the latest updates from the MLB, NFL, NBA, and the NCAA. Welcome to Move Time Radio, presented by the Arthritis Foundation, where we say stop whatever you're doing, baby, and dance. Because movement is just one of the ways you can fight osteoarthritis pain. For more information, visit fightarthritispain.org. This message brought to you by the Arthritis Foundation and the Ad Council. And welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. I'm Kyle Jones, joined by Cole Tusing and Cole. The Lakers are in a predicament. They are currently three games out of play, out of the playoffs. They're 29 and 31. They don't really look menacing at all. They are, you know. They, they they got the you know they got a few wins that are you know high quality, but when you when you really you know start looking at things, they are in the midst of a two game losing streak. Um, their last win coming against the Rockets of all people, one hundred eleven to one hundred six, um, a win back in, um, last Thursday. That was because. Chris Paul and James Harden fouled out, and they had a lot to say about yeah, the officiating. Scott Foster, who uh, the the Rockets have never won a game that Scott Foster has officiated, and uh, there's a lot of talk around Houston, especially in the like media and whatnot, that Scott Foster is a biased ref who should never ref a Rockets game again. Obviously, you're the Rockets fan, so I mean, I I think you know when 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 people first started talking about it, I was like, ah, that's bull, you know, like it's a ref. But then when I looked into it, when I looked about when I looked at what was happening, when I looked at, you know, what went on, frankly, they've got a case. They've got a serious case. If it was one or two, if it was one or two games, I wouldn't be so on it. But it's seven games. And that's a whole playoff series, you know? And at that point, I'm like Maybe they do have a point here, you know? Speaking of the playoff series, do you remember offhand if he was officiating that conference final series last year? He, uh, I want to say he might have been. Um, I know that was a big point of contention was that he was, he was a, a ref for one of the, one of the playoff series, um, you know? But who knows? 
Um, I, I, part of me wants to not really take it to heart. You know, part of me wants to be like, oh, you know, it's a ref, you know, stuff happens. But another part of me is like, oh, maybe, you know, it's seven games and I don't know. But that's, that's just me. Um, when we look at the Lakers though, the Lakers just don't look good until they do. That's my thing, right? Is they'll lose terrible games. They will lose some terrible games. They'll lose to Memphis 110 to 105. They'll get spanked by 23 points against the Sixers. They'll lose to the darn Hawks. Like, come on, man. It's the Hawks, you know? But then they'll go out and they'll beat the Celtics in Boston. And they'll beat the Rockets. And, you know, they'll beat the Clippers in overtime. And, you know, then you're like, huh. They'll, they'll, like, they'll beat the Thunder in overtime. Huh. LeBron claims he's in playoff mode. Do you think that this season is going to turn around? Do you think the Lakers are going to make the playoffs? More importantly, do you think LeBron is going to make the playoffs? Because, <laughs> frankly, that's just what this team is. It's not really the Lakers. It's the Los Angeles LeBrons. Well, you know, that is a good point. And, you know, when I look at the, you know, Lakers this season, a lot of the losses of how they got into a slow start was because LeBron was hurt hurt, and, you know, out and everything. But you bring up LeBron, you know, being in a playoff mode. And, I mean, last night he made NBA history becoming the only player in NBA history to be Top 10 overall in scoring, all-time, and assists. And they still lost. So, I guess my question is, you know, with that, with or without that milestone, LeBron has made the playoffs every year in his career. If this is the year that he does not make the playoffs, can we stop the Jordan-LeBron debate? Nah. Nah. Fair enough. Because and let me tell you why. You, you know, Jordan always had guys, right? Until he was on the Wizards. But Jordan always had guys. He had Scotty and everything. LeBron also had guys. He had guys in he had guys in Cleveland. He had guys in Miami. He has nobody. He has nobody in Los Angeles. He is playing once again very similar, you know, to when. To when Capella and Paul were out for the Rockets, LeBron's playing with a G League squad, and I don't care what you think about. I mean, Tristan Thompson has literally given LeBron every reign. I, I I am aware of this. I am aware of this, but he also had Kevin Love. You know, Kevin Love's half decent. He also had you know Kyrie at one point. Kyrie's good. You know. He he's had he's had guys in in Cleveland. The last season he did not have guys in Cleveland, but he, he got them to the finals. Um, but like this team, he's playing with a G League squad. Lonzo Ball, I refuse to I I refuse to say is an actually good basketball player because I don't think he is. I think he's incredibly overrated. Kyle Kuzma has the potential to be good, but uh, it's, it's not coming out. Uh, Brandon Ingram's decent. Brandon Ingram is, is decent, but he's not like a big name. Uh, Rajon Rondo sucks. Uh, you know, he used to be good. He sucks. Uh, you know, and who the heck else is on this team? Nobody. You know? So, should the Lakers have 
gotten Anthony Davis and gotten rid of that young core? I mean, no, because the extent of that deal would have completely gutted the team, you know? Like, if you if you really look at what the what the Pelicans were asking for, it was it was not a good deal. It was a terrible deal, you know. In in the words of our current president, it was a deal. It was it was absolutely terrible, very very bad deal, very bad. But um, you know, it, it it's just you can't stop comparing LeBron James to Michael Jordan after one season with a terrible team. Because inevitably, first off, I think he's I, I think he's probably going to turn this around. There's plenty of games left, and inevitably he will make the playoffs. But also, he's you know just missing the playoffs on a bad team does not discredit the fact that he's a phenomenal basketball player, you know. And like championships go a long way at justifying how good a basketball player you are, but. In reality, it's about the stat lines, and it's about making things happen on bad teams, and LeBron is the ace at doing good things with bad teams. I think he's going to—I honestly believe that he could could make the playoffs this year still. There are only three games back, you know? And you've got—you've got enough of a season left. And let me tell you—let's look at some of the teams they're playing, right? They're playing New Orleans. That's going to be a toss-up. They'll lose to Milwaukee, but then they'll beat the Suns. They'll beat the Clippers. You know, they 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 probably beat the Bulls if we're being honest with ourselves, right? They'll beat the Knicks. Probably beat the Nets at home. I imagine. Same with the same with the Kings. Maybe even the Wizards. You know, I bet you they can beat Charlotte at home. And you know, I they, they've got. They've got enough of a buffer. If they can win some of the toss-up games, they could still make the playoffs. It definitely is possible, and, you know, definitely is more possible than, you know, Mizzou win the SEC or going to March Madness. But I think when you look at the Western Conference, LeBron is used to playing the Eastern Conference his entire career. So going to the more competitive Western Conference... It was a change. It's a different ball game. It, it, it's definitely a different ball game. It's like it's like if Messi, it's like if Messi went to the Premier League. You know, it's a completely different style of play. It's completely different competition. You know, in, in La Liga, it's it's usually pretty guaranteed that when when Barcelona or Real Madrid are playing someone not named Barcelona, Real Madrid, or like Atletico Madrid, they're going to win. But in the Premier League. Any team can win on any given night. It's very much the same in the Western Conference. You know, yes, the Phoenix Suns suck, but they could pull a fast one on, like, the Clippers or the, or the Timbers or something. You know? It's it's very much an anyone-can-win-on-any-given-night sort of conference. Unless you're the Warriors. Then you just win. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment, especially when you look at the Warriors and, you know, they had, you know, DeMarcus Cousins out for some time and now he's back and the Warriors are taking over the league now. Yeah, I mean, like, I think obviously our locks for the playoffs are Warriors, Nuggets, Thunder, Blazers, and Rockets. I think everyone below that 
fair game. Completely fair game. And that's when the Lakers can capitalize. They, I think the Timberwolves could slip in, and if the Lakers can boot the can boot the Kings and boot the Spurs to a spot, which they could, once again, only a three-game deficit. This conversation we're having right now that we're having today won't matter because LeBron's going to LeBron. That's that's always been my thought, and that, that that continues. I still think LeBron is going to LeBron. It's it's in his blood, you know. So we just have to wait for this team to get behind him and give him the support he needs. And I think uh, you know, come playoff time, we'll be we'll be talking about him. You know, I genuinely genuinely believe that we'll be talking about the L.A. Lakers come playoff time, and it's not because they're missing it. And honestly, with you know the whole you know next few months with the NBA draft, you kind of hope that the Lakers jump the Canes. You know, with that. Sammy Sisters Celtics potential lottery pick. Yeah, you know, you you you'd want you'd want the Lakers to make the playoffs, if you, especially if you're, you know if you are a Laker. And then once they're in the playoffs, this is LeBron and a playoff team. We have no idea what's going to happen. They'd probably want to play in the Warriors in the first round, right? I mean, it's the one versus eight seed. So like, does LeBron dethrone the Warriors? Does he give does does he give them a run? You know, we don't even know. I I I just think it's, you know, it's not too out of the water to think that LeBron might actually, you know, still make the playoffs with this team. No no matter how terrible they are. I think it's something considering but so you gave your locks to the Western Conference in the Eastern Conference. Raptors are a lock. Yeah. Bucks are a lock. Ra- Raptors and Bucks are definitely locks there. I'd say the Pacers are as well, and I'd say the Sixers. Maybe the Celtics as well. I think that 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 bottom three, the Nets, Pistons, Hornets, there could be a little shakeup involving the Magic. Um, but honestly, like I don't see any of those teams truly dropping out. Frankly, but I I think the teams that we see in the Eastern Conference uh, playoff picture right now stay there, and it's not because they're decent. It's it's more because everyone under them is pretty bad. Like, I mean, you're talking about when the Magic have a possibility of making the playoffs. Exactly. You're pretty much locked in there. Yeah, like if if, if your one piece of competition is the Orlando Magic, like I mean, the, the Hornets, the, the Hornets don't need to be. You know, they they can't get too comfortable. You never want to be too comfortable. You're only half game up. But like, come on, y'all, it's the Magic. Well, let's just think about the bottom tier teams of the Eastern Conference, the Magic. The Knicks are tanking. The Cavs are tanking. The Bulls, Bulls are, are tanking. tanking. Hawks always suck. You know, like it's, it's such a top-heavy conference. But it's 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 you know my my one gripe, and I'll always bring it up when we talk basketball on this show, and when I talk basketball in real life, is what's the darn point? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who's going to the finals. It doesn't matter who's going to the playoffs. It doesn't matter who's playing anybody. At the end of the day. The Golden State Warriors are just gonna win the darn championship. Like, why don't we? Why? Why do we even bother anymore? Unless they face up against the Bucks. 
I I I disagree. I think I think the I think the Warriors still win. We'll see once the, the playoff bracket comes. The Bucks are a great team, and I enjoy watching them. I still think the Warriors would win. You know, it's, it's the evil empire, and it's not going away anytime soon. I think we'll get our predictions out once the playoff bracket is released. I agree. We're going to take one more break than our final thoughts, so stay tuned. Indoor baseball, anyone? Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. A delicious power breakfast. Great way to start the day. I'm Brandon Anthony. And I'm Keegan Hartman. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. to listen to me. And me. On our new show, Breakfast of Champions. Here on KCLU Sports, KCLU 88.1 FM. Tune in to High and Tight with me and my co-host, Logan Perrone, as we catch you up on the latest signings, trades, news, scores, and highlights from around America's pastime. Every Sunday at 11 a.m. on the 88.1 FM stream and on our website, KCLU.FM on the Blue Box. Welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM. So some final closing things. So first off, a bit of trivia for you, Cole. On this day in 1935, what happened? It's the biggest blunder in the history of sports. Can I get a multiple choice or something? Uh, yeah, sure. Did A... Uh, uh, legendary Indiana coach Bill Knight toss a chair onto the court in a in a fit of rage. Did B, Tupac Shakur die? Did C, the uh, the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins win a really big game against the Philadelphia Flyers, or did D, a very famous baseball player? get traded from one big team to another big team. It's definitely not A because I remember seeing that ESPN like a week ago, so I'm going to go with the baseball player trade. Okay, yes, it was the trade, but who was it? I'm at a loss. Yeah, he was a very large man. Played in New York. Oh, large Italian New Yorker. I don't know. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth, he got traded from the Red Sox to the Yankees. On this day in 1935, biggest blunder in the history of sports. Um, you know, the, the the curse of the the curse of the Sox was was lifted not too long ago, the curse of the Bambino. But uh the fact is, on this day in 1935, the curse of the Bambino was established. But speaking of baseball, if you remember a few weeks ago, we were talking about baseball, like teams that can make a run for themselves. I mentioned the Padres. Of course, the Padres now got Manny Machado. They did get Manny Machado, and I, I was interested in, in you, you saying you thought that they could make a run. I don't really think they can. I think that their talent just isn't really there, even with Machado. Um, but... Their prospects are definitely looking better. They definitely look like a much better team now. Um, so we could see them 
at least make some waves. Um, but, you know, keeping with the baseball thing, like, first off, Dallas Keuchel still has not been signed to a Major League Baseball team. He's a great pitcher. He deserves a home. Someone please adopt him. Craig Kimbrell has not been signed to a baseball team. He, he, once again, he's a he's a wonderful baseball player. He he deserves he deserves a home. Please uh please somebody for the love of God give him a home. But then most importantly, Bryce Harper does not have a baseball team. Someone please give this man a home. You know, sign this man. Who do you, I I I'm still I'm still hung up on that the Phillies will get him. But who do, who do you think? As our as our final way to really cap off the show, Cole, where is Bryce Harper going? The Cubs. Okay, <laughs> that's I I I don't think he will. That's just my personal thing. I think it's either Phillies or Dodgers. But uh, okay, we can go with the Cubs. Um, I think his presence on the Cubs would definitely help. But for the love of God, somebody decide him. This man deserves money. He deserves a home. He deserves to be playing baseball. The game of baseball is not the same without him. Um, I remember we were talking about, you know, Manny Machado possibly going to the White Sox or something. You're obviously more of a baseball fan than me. So do you think the Padres is a good fit for him? I mean, the Padres are as good a fit as anybody. They need talent. Um, and he is talented. I don't think it really changes much in terms of their playoff prospects. I mean, it's not like they're going to go out and, you know, they, 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 you know he, he's going to be the difference between a, you know, decent season and a terrible season. You know? They're not going to make any waves, but he's, you know, he's going he's gonna to in, in, increase morale. You know, he's going to make things around camp a little bit better. Um, but that's going to just about do it. Uh, one final thing that we might just, uh, we might just touch on, uh, Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots was, a uh, you know, formally charged with, you know, soliciting prostitutes and whatnot. Uh, lots of really just unsaintly crimes. Um, I'm not going to ask your opinions on what happened because frankly, I don't want to hear them because I don't want to hear my own opinions on this. Um, just because I think the whole situation is just just bad. It's just a really bad situation. When you look into the details of, like, the location where he was going and whatnot, like, there's a whole lot of bad things happening. But my, uh, my question to you, Cole, is what sort of punishment should be handed down by Roger Goodell to Robert Kraft? Because obviously, like, this is a crime, and, you know, this is, like, not a good look. Like, Robert Kraft needs some punishment. What sort of thing do you think he deserves? Well, here's the thing, though. He is, he runs the Patriots. But in my opinion, I feel like he should get taken off. I think um, for for me, getting getting stripped of the franchise is maybe a little bit harsh. I think what, what it comes down to is the extent of the crime and the extent that he was involved. Because this is the place where he was going. After the police investigated, they found this is like a known sex trafficking ring. Like this is some deep stuff. So that's what I'm saying. Like if the NFL wants to protect their image and everything, and obviously this interferes with that. So why would you keep 
someone there who impacts your public image. I feel like, to me, it's if he was deeply involved with the with the trafficking, then definitely he needs to a be put in prison and b have his franchise stripped from him. If he just went for, you know, what he said he went for, which I mean, you know, to each his own. I, it's illegal. Don't don't do illegal things, but to each his own. Um, you know, I think he definitely just he, he deserves a fine. I don't know if stripping the uh, I don't know if stripping the franchise from him is the appropriate action. Now, once again, if he's deeply involved with the trafficking, like yeah, time time to go, buddy. You know. But speaking of the NFL, I, as a Bears fan. Cody Parkey was released. Cody Parkey was released. Um, you know, all you know, hail ye festival day. Um, Bears fans can go and party in the streets now. They don't have to, you know, kick field goals to show that it can be done. Um, and that that that's a that's a beautiful way to end the show. Knowing that a man has lost his job. I'm kidding. That's a terrible way to end the show. <laughs> but it is something that I think will give a lot of Bears fans closure. Would you say? As a Bears fan myself, I totally agree with that statement. Like, yeah, a man losing his job sucks. He'll find employment in the AAF. He'll be fine. Um, in fact, actually, <laughs> I say the AAF. The Minnesota Vikings are apparently considering uh, employing him and uh, utilizing his services, which would be a right laugh. If you remember a few years ago, I forget who the kicker was from Minnesota, but it was Minnesota, Seattle. And he shanked it wide right. <laughs> No, the season kidded like this. I, I I know exactly what you're talking about. It's one of the funniest calls in all of sports. Where he's like, it kidded like this. No, it's like yes, buddy. It ends like this. This is how it ends. Well, I guess one final note before we end the show, talking about the NFL. Antonio Brown. A B man. He's free. Odds, uh, he goes to the Patriots. I think that's a. I think that's a. That's a fair move. I think it's a very fair move, and I think the Patriots need to do something quick with their organization to get eyes off of Rob Kraft. So I think uh, I I honestly believe that AB could be signed within you know like as soon as possible, just simply to avoid the PR, you know, to to redirect the PR off of Robert Kraft and onto something positive for their organization. I would not be surprised if uh, if if AB is a Patriot. Maybe within maybe within the next couple weeks. But that's all the time we have here on KNC Sports. Tune in next week for more of us. Uh, thank you for uh, tuning in this Tuesday morning. Have a wonderful rest of your day and a wonderful rest of your week. We will uh, we'll talk to you again.